everyone, and welcome to another Blastburn Radio Showdown Spotlight. I am your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me, as always, is our stabby boy, Messer Engine. How's it going tonight, Mess? It's going pretty good. I <laughs> This was my first week back to work after vacation, uh, and we're in the midst of a bunch of uh, like departmental changes and structure changes at work, so... It was like coming back into total chaos, like even more so than a normal vacation would be, like where you're checking email and trying to get caught up. It was, hey, I haven't seen this guy. Um, is he out? And be like, no, he works in another department now. You're like, oh, well, who's doing his job? Yeah. <laughs> so that was my fucking week. I, I, I'm pretty good, but that it's, it's just real confusing. Yeah, yeah, I. I'm not going to talk about work because this is supposed to be a short podcast, but it can take a long fucking walk off a short fucking cliff. And that's all I'm going to say about that. Um, So this is not our normal show. This is the showdown spotlight. And if this is your first showdown spotlight, well, welcome Uh, in our showdown spotlight episodes. We aim to showcase a particular Pokemon, what makes it unique and special and how it is best used in the competitive metagame, which includes both singles using the smog on tears system, as well as as VGC doubles. For each of these episodes, we also hold our Friday night fight stream and we use both the teams that we build and discuss here on the show as well as the teams that you guys submit around our spotlight Pokemon on the live ladder for real real not for play play uh, last night <laughs> as of this recording was our friday night fight for yeveltal and we had a lot of fun it was a really great time we got to use some really interesting and unique teams and sets in a couple of metagames that we're not super duper familiar with and we had some really great moments and some good laughs so thank you guys as always for submitting your teams we really appreciate it yeah it's really awesome to see what you guys come up with and get to to play with them live and trying to like figure it out as we go because you built them and not us Uh, and we're always surprised and we're always really appreciative of what you build because for the most part it's real good yeah now we actually last night on that stream we teased houndoom for spotlight this month uh but it turns out we are horrible horrible liars we are bad bad people uh when we sat down to prep this episode it Two things came to our attention. One, Houndoom is hot fucking garbage in competitive. And we already, we already been through that with Chimchar, guys. We've been through that once. We really didn't want to go down that road again. Uh, and it also came to our attention that there were some, there have been some big shakeups, some big moving and shaking among the tiers this month. And some of those are huge, frankly. So the iron was hot and it was seasonally appropriate. So we, we had to take advantage of it. So without further ado, Messer Engine, who will we be spotlighting this week? This month, we're looking at the Pokemon who was voted most likely to get in a knife fight. That's right, folks. We're looking at Bisharp. And no, he's not hanging out. No, you. We won't be talking about that because he's Yu-Yu's favorite new boy on the block. So, yeah, that happened. <laughs> yep, we're shining our light on old Knife Hands McGee himself. Knife, knife hands, Mickey. 
So Bisharp is classified as the Sword Blade Pokemon. Uh, he was introduced in Generation 5 of Pokemon Black and White, the games that we are currently becoming very well acquainted with over on the main show. Uh, Bisharp evolves from Ponyard at level 52, which is both utterly ridiculous and totally representative of Generation 5. <laughs> Bisharp is a Dark and Steel type Pokemon. Uh, he is number 131 in the original Unova Dex, number 224 in the Black and white two, you know, a Pokedex and number 625 in the national Pokedex. Bisharp is, well, he's roughly people sized in addition to being roughly people shaped. Uh, he's five foot three inches tall and weighs 154.3 pounds. So yeah, I know full grown women that are smaller than this fictional knife Pokemon. <laughs> now the Pokedex has quite a bit to say about our knife-tastic friend over the years. A lot of it centering around his status as something of a gang leader. Now, uh, in Black and White 2, the Pokedex states, This pitiless Pokemon commands a group of Ponyard to hound prey into immobility. It then moves in to finish them off. Or actually, fail. Let me go do that again. This is a quote. Um... This pitiless Pokemon commands a group of Ponyard to hound prey into immobility. It then moves in to finish the prey off. Now, I don't know about you, Jolly, but I don't know how I feel about using your babies as hunting dogs. But, you know, I'm not a Bisharp, so what the fuck do I know? Actually, <laughs> you know, all I can think of as we talk about that uh, is fucking Jurassic Park, where the guy goes out to hunt the raptors and ends up getting tricked. And like killed, and he's like, clever girl. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what the fuck's going out when you go to hunt pawn yards. You just get surrounded and knifed by little metal boys. Anyways, uh, in Pokemon Ultra Sun, the Pokedex states, no matter how strong the Basharp, it's said that if the blade on its head is chipped, it will retire from its position as the boss. What the fuck? Uh, <laughs> what's wrong with you damn millennials? Uh, when something perfectly good breaks, you throw it away instead of fixing it. Thanks, Obama Snow. <laughs> now, Bisharp has had quite a few appearances in the anime, uh, including his debut in the episodes Search for the Club Ultimate and A Club Explosion of Excitement. Black and white anime was was weird, y'all. It was it was weird. Uh, in these episodes, a trainer named Georgia used a Bisharp in a tournament that Ash and the gang were participating in. She used it to defeat a Dredigan before losing to Bianca and her Embor. Uh, notably, Elaine actually used a Bisharp in the finals of the Kalos League in the XYZ anime, and he KO'd Ash's Halucha and Gudra with it before falling to his Greninja. Now, Bishop has access to three total abilities, and these include Inner Focus, which prevents flinching, and his hidden ability, Pressure, which doubles enemy PP usage. The ability, though, which defines Bisharp is Defiant. <clears throat> now, if you're unfamiliar with Defiant, it causes Bisharp to gain two stages of attack anytime a move or effect lowers his stats. This notably allows him to serve as a very effective deterrent to opposing Intimidate. Uh, abusers and gives Bisharp a valuable and powerful niche. Now that we've talked a little bit about our stabby boy, how do you how do you feel about Bisharp, Jolly? 
Yeah, so Bisharp is a really, really dope Pokemon. I I always liked it from a design standpoint. I, I will admit, despite Black and White being my favorite Pokemon games, and despite them having a large number of replay hours, I've never used one in Generation 5, because it's really unfortunate that Game Freak introduced this really awesome, you know, great statistically Pokemon that is quad weak to fighting in the generation where fighting is arguably the strongest type in existence. So it's just always seemed like, oh yeah, it's this really like great thing, but it's frail and it has an Achilles heel the size of Montana. So never really got super into using it, um, but I did start using one in generation six and it's been a mainstay for me competitively ever since. Like it's, it's a very good boy, a very, very good boy. And I actually really like Ponyard. I like the fact that his hands are like little exacto knives, like, like his arms, the rubber casing, and he's got the little, little razor blade for a hand. It's adorable. It's adorable. Um, he's a good boy. He has a good shiny sprite. I bred a, a shiny for myself because I'm a masochist and I do things like that. I like him a lot. So what you're saying is a Ponyard runs into like a Poke Center and someone points at him and goes, look out, he's got a knife. <laughs> Just this little dude with a fucking X-Acto knife. Oh God, Bisharp for me. I, I never played Gen 5. I'm doing that right now for the first time. So I don't have any like memories or direct impressions of him outside of his uses in competitive. I have always felt kind of mixed on that. Not because he's not like a really good Pokemon. He is, but it freaks me out that he looks like a person and he's a person that stabs things. Uh, that just weirds me out a little bit while we're poke battling and he runs up to, you know, Pikachu and is like, knife, knife. And I'm like, oh, that, wait, you're a Pokemon. Okay, that's fine. It's fine, it's fine. He's like the Wolverine of Pokemon, where, like, his abilities are just, <laughs> they're just needlessly violent and gory in a universe that's very cartoony. And you're like, why do you exist? <laughs> Who thought that this was a good idea? But yeah, like, I don't, I don't have... I don't have a lot of impressions. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, I do, I do like him an awful lot. I really don't like facing him, uh, in competitive. So there's that. All right. So let's talk a little bit about Bisharp in competitive, since that's definitely the, the arena of focus here tonight. Uh, so let's talk a little bit about Bisharp historically in, in competitive. Uh, when Bisharp debuted in generation five, it was, it was solidly good. Uh, it's great ability, fantastic attack stat, and access to setup and priority gave it a powerful niche. That said, as I mentioned previously, it was also quad weak to fighting in the generation that gave us things like Terrakion and old penis arms McGee himself. And, and powerful fighting types just ruled the Gen 5 metagame. So this key weakness landed Bisharp a home in the underused tier. Uh, this is one of the very few circumstances, however, where time and power creep have been kind to a Pokemon and made it better since it debuted, not worse. You know, ever since that you have have spread across our community that uh, Con Kelder has penis arms, now all I can think of him as is Cock Kelder. So thank you for that. <laughs> you are very welcome. The... Uh, the addition of fairy types in Generation 6 served to immediately cripple the fighting types, which had historically caused Bisharp a bunch of grief, while giving his steel typing a new offensive presence. In addition, Defog gaining the effect of removing entry hazards made it a suddenly prominent move, and as it lowers enemy evasion, it also triggers Defiant. 
These changes combine to make Bisharp an immediate top-tier threat in the Generation 6 OU metagame, taking on and decimating top-tier threats such as Clefable, the Lotties, and Gengar. Now, in the current metagame, in the Generation 7 metagame, Bisharp has been solidly overused since the introduction of Pokemon Sun and Moon, striking fear into Spoopy Ghost and Fancy Fairy alike until this month. As of the 1st of October, Bisharp has fallen in usage to the underused tier. Now, this shift is brand, brand new. We're talking less than a week old as of this recording. And there are undoubtedly many factors. But on the surface, I think that this move personally has a lot to do with the rise in prominence of what's known as the Lele Lucha Core in OU. While Tapu Lele certainly fears a stab Iron Head from Bisharp, her psychic terrain neutralizes his Sucker Punch priority, which Bisharp relies heavily on against foes that outspeed him, such as, well, Tapu Lele, who threatens him with a quad-effective Focus Blast. Meanwhile, Halucha holding a Psychic Seed gains an immediate doubling of his speed stat upon switching in, as well as added bulk from the Seed's activation. And it should go without saying, but Bisharp does not approve of taking a quad effective high jump kick to the face. Uh, regardless of the cause, however, Bisharp is now legal for use in the underused tier, and it is open season for old knife hands in this lower metagame. Bisharp's role in the metagame is best described as a wall breaker, uh, though he's ultimately something of a mixed bag. Offensively, Bisharp brings a great bag of tricks to the table, including dark stab options like knockoff, which deals great damage and removes the opponent's item, pursuit, which can trap and decimate a weakened or type disadvantaged foe, and sucker punch, with, which hits with priority as long as the opponent is using an offensive move. On the steel side, Bisharp brings stab iron head, an 80 base power move that causes opposing fairies such as Mega Altaria and Togekiss to shudder in fear. Bisharp rarely takes advantage of coverage, though low kick can be used to punish particularly heavy foes such as Stakataka and Mega Agron. Generally, however, the varied utility of Bisharp's stab dark options are more valuable. Bisharp also has access to Sword Stance, boosting his base 125 attack to truly disgusting levels. So in light of this, you may be wondering why Bisharp wouldn't be considered a sweeper. After all, it has access to great setup and sword stance. It has priority and powerful dual step. What, what more do you need to sweep? Uh, well, unfortunately, the answer to that particular question is speed. Uh, Bisharp's base 70 speed leaves a lot to be desired, and it makes him lean really heavily on Sucker Punch for priority, far more than he honestly would prefer to. This is extrapolated by Sucker Punch, well, being Sucker Punch, and only hitting when the opponent uses offensive moves. Uh, this allows for intelligent opponents to set up on Bisharp or cripple him with status as he tries in vain to attack first. Uh, for these reasons, while Bisharp is certainly capable of securing a sweep under the right conditions, he's generally better used as a can opener, if you will, to open <laughs> holes for teammates rather than as a self-contained win condition. Now, Bisharp fears ground, fire, and most of all, fighting attacks, and appreciates partners that can neutralize these threats such as Primarina, Mega Aerodactyl, and Latios, another newcomer to the UU tier. Bisharp also deters opposing defogs with the risk of triggering his defiant ability, and is fully capable of securing a sweep with the assistance of Sticky Webs. As such, he partners well with teams that stack entry hazards, including Pokemon such as 
Nahilego, I never pronounced that right, Tentacruel, and Araquanid. Lastly, as a wall breaker, Bisharp partners extremely well with Pokemon that can take advantage of the holes he punches in opposing teams to secure the sweep and thus appreciate setup sweeping partners. Uh, in UU, this includes Pokemon such as Haxorus, Mega Altaria, and Stackataka. Now, as previously mentioned, Bisharp does not deal well with fire, ground, and particularly fighting attacks. And thus, he fears Pokemon that can outspeed him and hit hard at these weaknesses. Uh, this includes Pokemon such as Darmanitan, Crocodile, Infernape, and especially Cobalion and Heracross. Uh, Bisharp also does not appreciate physically defensive walls, and particularly those that threaten him in return with status, which would include the likes of Alomomola, Rotom Heat, Mega Agron, Swampert, and perhaps especially physically defensive Amoongus. Now, despite these weaknesses, Bisharp is in a prime position to dominate the underused tier, and in fact, I wouldn't be at all surprised if it's banned in the not-too-distant future. Hopefully not before our Friday night fight. He is a devastatingly strong Pokemon and one that every team in UU for the immediate future will need an answer for if they wish to succeed. Now, as far as VGC is concerned, Bisharp is a strong contender and saw heavy usage in the 2018 metagame, but he hasn't seen much use thus far in 2019 Sun Series. He faces very stiff competition for very limited spots from devastatingly powerful cover legendaries and Pokemon that directly counter them, and, they, and he's thus currently sitting at less than 1% usage. That said, Intimidate is everywhere in VGC, and a Pokemon that directly answers it will always be valuable, even if only as a niche pick. Alright guys, now as a part of this show, as always, we have both prepared teams centering around this month's Spotlight Pokemon in the relevant metagame. Uh, we will include our teams in the show notes for the episode so you can plug and play them into your own Pokemon showdown, take them on a run around the block, see what works, what doesn't, what you like, what you don't like. Um, and again, as always, be sure to build your own teams and submit those to us. We really appreciate that. Uh, but let's talk about the teams that we built for this episode. Messer Engine, why don't you tell us about your Bisharp team and and how you went about the process of building it. Yeah, absolutely. So as mentioned earlier in the episode, this change, this drop to you, you happened like earlier this week. So along with the, the, the Megalatios or Megalatios, sorry, drop. So when I was building the team, I really wanted to play around with both of them. Um, just to see the impact that change had and uh, surprise, surprise, a lot of other people were too. So our team uh, started off with Bisharp, of course, uh, holding the Dread Plate. He is Defiant because, as we mentioned, it's real, real good. We named him Rico after uh, the, the main character in Starship Troopers because uh, he looks like a Starship Trooper, to be honest. Uh, Eevee's uh, max investment in attack and speed with a jolly nature just because he's real happy to hack and slash. He's currently running Knock Off, Iron Head, Sucker Punch, and Sword Stance. I haven't had much of an occasion to use Sword Stance on the ladder. Honestly, most of the time I'm sucker punching something to death, unless it's a fairy, in which case it's trying to run away. We also have Top Gun, our Mega Latios, uh, with the ability to Levitate, Max Investment in Special Attack and Speed. It's got a Naive Nature, and it is currently running Psychic, Draco Meteor, Ice Beam, and Roost. Now, it wouldn't be a, a Mez team without some sort of wall 
And I wanted to play around with a wall I've never used before. So we added Amoongus to the squad. And I got to tell you guys, after playing pretty much all day testing this team, I love Amoongus. He's so good. He's my, he's a new f- wall friend. Uh, we named Amoongus th- the fungus among us, uh, holding that black sludge. Its ability is Regenerator because Regenerator is fucking amazing. Currently, max investment in HP with 184 in defense and 72 in that special D. Uh, it's Calm and it is currently running Spore, Giga Drain, Hidden Power Fire, ironically for dealing with Basharp, and Clear Smog, which has been fucking incredible for just dealing with oh no dragon dance oh no swords dance thank god for clear smog now i also added a a friend on this squad that i've never used before uh in a capacity that i don't normally use pokemon and that's a, a suicide lead i needed a rock setter and I wasn't happy with my options, to, to be honest. Uh, so we're running an Azelf. We're running Keebler, the Azelf, with a Focus Sash. He's got Levitate, uh, max investment in attack and speed. He is jolly by nature. He's real, real fast. And we're running Stealth Rock, Explosion, Taunt, and Knockoff. And this has worked really, really good. I was very impressed. For the most part, we're able to get off rocks uh, and then blow up. And deal a lot of ridiculous damage to something there have also been situations where knockoff has been able to like ko uh ghosts who were faster than me and thought that they could just kill me but sash was there and taunt has really annoyed some leading pokemon that want to set up rocks or webs or a variety of other things real happy with keebler the elf we Ended off our team with some old Mez staples. We found that they, we needed to, to really round out the squad. We needed a special wall, like really, really bad, uh, particularly to deal with fire attacks. Uh, we were dealing with, what is it? Chandelure. And that was real bad. So we brought Remembrance on the team, that good Blissey with the leftovers and the natural cure. 252, the good 252 max investment in HP and defense, bold nature. With Toxic, Soft Boiled, Seismic Toss, and Protect, that good, good Mez standard Blissey Chansey set. And our last slot went to Caesar, the Infernape, with a Choice Scarf. It's running Blaze, max investment in uh, attack and speed with a Jolly Nature. Of course, we want Monkey to be real fast and hit real hard. Running Flare Blitz, U turn, close combat. And we, for the last move, we went with Gunk Shot. Um, just because we, we have been dealing with, um, some fairies on the ladder that were hard to get rid of and people aren't always expecting gunk shot in that slot. And it's allowed me to deal with some really otherwise dangerous fairy types. I'm not 100% happy with the team, but it's performed reasonably well. And I spent a lot of time on the ladder today trying to get a team together that worked well. So hopefully you guys try it and you have a good time. Just remember... When in doubt, blow up a Keebler Elf. Thank you, Messer. That's a really, really dope and interesting team. And I really, really hope that none of those Pokemon get quick banned from UU before you get a chance to show it off. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. That's the risk of uh, hopping right in uh, on these changes and wanting to, you know, utilize them. Is sometimes things are too powerful for where they're at and they get banned. So 
hop right on that, guys, as soon as you listen to it, if you want to try it out. Because by the time we hit Friday Night Fight, some things about our teams may have changed. <laughs> yeah, particularly that Megalotti. If you want to get on that and use it, I would definitely recommend doing so sooner rather than later. Because guess what, guys? Megalodios is already banned from UU for being too strong. And Me- Megalodios is basically the same Pokemon, but better. So guess what's coming? <laughs> Why don't you tell us about your team, sir? I'm really curious what what your squad looks like. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I also started with our Bisharp, and I went with that shiny Bisharp that I enjoy so much, and I named him Ya Boy Tiki, which is a deep, deep cut uh, for our good podcast listening friends who listen to our friends who make podcasts, because shiny Bisharp looks, well, Bisharp in general looks a whole lot like a Power Ranger with nice hands, and shiny Bisharp is very blue, so named him Ya Boy Tiki. Uh, he is also jolly natured, rocking knockoff, iron head, swords, dance, and sucker punch. Uh, that's that's really just the set for Bisharp. The only change that you're going to see very often on meta in competitive is to, to slot pursuit in somewhere if there's something in particular you want to trap. But for the most part, he, Bisharp does what Bisharp does. Uh, we went with the life orb. On your boy Tiki, uh, because it secures some very, very valuable KOs for us. And that's really important. Now, I, so, so spoiler alert, because I'm the one who prepares all our lists of this is what works really well with this Pokemon. This doesn't. I then go back and use my own advice for team building with this Pokemon to build my team with this Pokemon. So <laughs> going down our list of things that work well with the Sharp, uh, I immediately knew that I was going to be on the lookout for a powerful sweeper who could capitalize on the holes that your boy Tiki rips in the opposing team to come out and win. And for me, it was immediately apparent that the sweeper that I wanted in UU was going to be Haxorus. Uh, we got that shiny Haxorus named Mine Axe. He is also jolly natured, also max attack and speed, and he's rocking uh, Dragon Dance with Earthquake, Outrage, and Poison Jab, and the Dragonium Z. And this thing is a fucking monster. There's a reason there's a goddamn reason that I franchise tag this thing in our Gen 5 series because it is fucking phenomenal. If I can get one boost off, at that point I can one-hit KO almost everything. It's disgusting. They'll send out their beefiest wall, I'll give it to Z Outrage, and then everything else just falls. It's it's phenomenal. So I just I have to find my moment, pick my moment, set up, and I'm done. So that's worked really, really effectively and really, really well. Now, from there... Actually, so from there, I, I knew that I was going to want some some hazards. I was going to want to stack hazards as much as I realistically could, uh, because again, stacking hazards draws defogs, defogs, power up this sharp. I actually secured an entire 6-0 sweep earlier today on ladder by... By predicting a, a defog, switching into Bisharp, and then just sweeping. It was it was marvelous. It was phenomenal. I initially picked Klefki uh, to kind of compete our, our Fairy Steel Dragon Core and to give us some really, really good uh, hazards. Ultimately, Klefki was just a little bit too passive. As the team continued to be built, it, it became quickly apparent that Klefki just... Klefki was set up fodder, essentially. It did not have enough offensive presence um, to fill the role I needed it to on this team. So ultimately, we wound up going next into a Nihiligo that we named Wiggles. 
and Wiggles is timid natured, max investment in special attack and speed, also holding a life orb, and she knows Stealth Rock, Thunderbolt, Sludge Wave, and Power Gym. Um, I also considered running a Focus Sash Suicide Lead more hazard-heavy Nihiligo, but honestly, Nihiligo is an often underrated and o- overlooked offensive monster, and, and so just being ready to just fucking throw out sludge waves and power gems will often catch people by surprise because they just don't really expect it out of that mon. They think of it as being a much more passive thing. So there's a lot of value there. And then of course, when the beast boots start rolling in, things get real, real good. But yeah, for the most part, Wiggle's job is to switch into anticipated like fairy and flying attacks of which there are many. Togekiss is a thing in this meta and eat them up like candy and then get rocks up or launch a powerful attack. Uh, for the most part, she, she doesn't get to stay in and sweep. She's much more hit and run, but she does a really good job. We also reached down into a lower tier. I knew 100% that I wanted to run webs on this team. Because it puts our opponents into a really, really good catch-22, right? Because if they leave the webs up, then suddenly I'm outspeeding them with everything and Bisharp can sweep. And if they defog the webs away and I predict it and switch into to Bisharp, he gets the plus two attack and Bisharp can sweep. So this is a Bisharp-centered team. I really, really wanted Bisharp to shine, and webs are fantastic for that. Uh, webs are also really, really good at drawing the defogs out. You know, a lot of people are willing to overlook and ignore rocks because they're so omnipresent. For the most part, you get sticky webs up. The defogger is coming out. They do not want to let that shit stand. Um, so it's real, real good. But we went with Skitters, the Araquanid, to bring the webs Skitters belongs in RU, so it's not too huge of a jump to bring him up into UU. Uh, we're rocking a specially defensive set with the the splash plate, a, a liquidation, leech life, sticky webs, and toxic. For the most part, Skitters just gets webs up if if I'm able to get webs up at all. Uh, again, there's a reason that he doesn't live in UU, quite frankly, but he's he's bulky enough that he does more often than not live a hit and get the webs up. And he's been really good to get the occasional liquidation off or the toxic, which helps. But for the most part, his job is to get webs and he's fairly reliable at getting webs. We also brought Samson the Heracross. Now, Heracross is not the best mon in in the tier even for the role I have him filling, but he's my favorite mom that fills that role. So I'm going to use him anyway. Fuck the police. Uh, we are rocking a Moxie Heracross with the choice scarf, jolly natured max attack and speed uh, with the move set of close combat, earthquake, mega horn and stone edge. And he's just kind of a secondary win con and a revenge killer. He can come in once enough holes have been punched, click the move that's neutral against everything and sweep. Uh, and, and he gets that actually done fairly, fairly regularly. He's not the easiest Pokemon to switch in because, again, Bug is weak to a lot of things. But once he gets in, he does real, real well. And then last but not least, we knew that we still needed a fairy to complete our core. And we also really kind of needed a physically defensive pivot. And so we went to Mega Altaria. We are running a defensive Mega Altaria. Uh, I named, <laughs> I named him ill-fated after Cotton, uh, Celeste's ill-fated shiny <laughs> Swablu from series three. And he is shiny, uh, with a bold nature and max HP, max defense. Uh, he's rocking hyper voice 
Blaze, Fire Blast, Defog, and Roost. And yeah, he just, he's really easy to switch into. He can sit in on a lot of things that threaten the team and just eat the hits and hyper voice back and roost when he needs to. For the most part, unless he gets toxic, he's very, very difficult to kill, which is kind of the entire point. And this team actually works a lot better than I was even necessarily expecting it to when I built it. Uh, and one thing I really love about it is it does a really, really good job of letting Bisharp shine. He's not just, you know, frequently when we build these spotlight teams, we may build around a certain Pokemon, but that Pokemon usually winds up not being the star of the show. And I don't know if I would say that Bisharp is necessarily the star of this team, but he's definitely a star of this team. He shines in this setting and he has the potential to put in real, real work when the stars align and you can't really ask for much more than that no that's really good and i like the fact that you you basically set it up to make somebody defog like on purpose like people may have noticed that i'm not running defog on the squad and that's literally because there were fucking bisharps everywhere today like i was like nope no it's just not even going to be around because every other match has a bisharp bait going on so I, i did not run it uh, also, lots of defoggers are flying, uh, and they just come in to go, ow, that really hurt. But yeah, that's really, really cool. I, I like the, the old bait and switch, as it were. Yeah, yeah, and it's really effective, especially because there aren't very many good spinners in UU. I mean, you've got Tentacruel, and that's basically it. If you don't want to sit on the hazards all game long, you've got a defog. Yep. Yep, yep. I just, I just live with it. But nobody was running webs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Well, those are our teams. And once again, those uh, Pokey Paste links will be in the description, the show notes of today's show. So be sure to get those out, copy and paste them into your Pokemon showdown on your browser of choice and give them a whirl on the ladder. See what you like, what you don't like, what you would change and send us those critiques. Like we want your teams, but we also want to hear what you think of our teams. That's really valuable. We'll read those emails on the air. Uh, now, as always, we will be doing our showdown spotlight Friday night fight. Uh, you can expect our Bisharp centered Friday night fight stream next Friday, which will be October the 19th. And that will be on my channel over at twitch.tv slash jolly by nature. Next week, we'll be back to the main show, of course, with week three of our generation five series. So get hyped for that. I'm not hyped for that mess. I'm actually kind of shitty, but well, we'll, we'll talk about that shit next week. Now, as always, be sure to email and get at us. Uh, let us know which Pokemon you'd like to see a spotlight in November and send in your Bisharp-centric teams for us to use on the Friday Night Fight stream later this month. You can send emails to BlastburnRadio at gmail.com or get at us on Twitter or Facebook at BlastburnRadio. As always, you can follow me personally at BBRJolly on Twitter. And I'm at MesserEngine. And as always, don't forget to check out Mythic Portal Games for all of your online role-playing assets. Uh, they have assets available on the Roll20 Marketplace, as well as an ongoing partnership with AstroVTT, which is the best up-and-coming virtual tabletop on the market. So if you are looking for a home to play Dungeons & Dragons or Pathfinder or what the fuck ever on the internet, uh, Astral is a great place to be. So you should be sure to check them out as well. Uh, and as always, don't forget to follow the show at Blastburn Radio on Twitter and Facebook to stay up to date on what all of our hosts are doing all around the web. I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-host Messer Engine. For Blastburn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next time, folks. 
Meanwhile, Halucha holding a psychic tease. <clears throat> now I'm doing it. <laughs> psychic teats. Psych- psychic teats. Yes, yes. He just sprays. No, no, we're not. No, 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 no bird nipples. No. <laughs> what have you done? Uh, 